Hey, it's Jen, and welcome back to our community. This podcast is where we're getting real about wellness rituals, life-changing habits, and having relatable conversations with friends about mental health, social media, morning routines, or lack thereof. And we're talking about that thing that you thought no one else could relate to. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our community. It's me, Jen. If you're here on YouTube, hello. If you're not, come head over, throw us a like. Um, hi, let's dive right into what's in alignment and out of alignment for us this week. So for me, what was in alignment, I would say is just having like a lot of free personal time. I feel like I... <laughs> not a lot of free personal time, but this last weekend I had multiple family events. So I cleared the whole weekend for that and it felt really good. It felt nice to just not have an alarm to wake up to Saturday morning. Oh, it was so nice. I didn't have anything until my brother's engagement party at two. So we just like slept in, no alarm. I worked out like I haven't had just a day like that in a while, which is so sad, but it's just the season of life that I'm in and I love it. So I've been working on the weekends like every single freaking weekend and it was just really nice to have like a normal person family weekend this weekend and I just feel even more motivated in my career and organization and just like feeling motivated and at it with work and on top of it and I think it's because I needed that time to just be normal. So <laughs> that was really great. I honestly don't have an out of alignment for today. It is nighttime. What's out of alignment? Ooh, I moved my mic. What's out of alignment is that I really am hungry and want to eat dinner. So let's let's continue on. Let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out was breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. Okay, I I am bringing the product recommendations back because I feel like I'm finally getting back in the groove with the podcast. I have more organization going. Everything's good. We're back. And I want to get back to these product recommendations because I'm a wellness junkie. I have all these brands sending things to me at all times. And it's always like random wellness things and some things I'm like, this is disgusting. And some things I get hooked on. And this I got hooked on. So I wanted to share it because it is a small brand. And I feel like when small brands send things to me, a lot of the times I'm just like, oh, you know, this is cute, whatever. And I kind of just, unless it really wows me and sticks with me, I'm like, all right, let's just throw this out because it, I don't know, just, you know, I'm a sucker for branding. Anyway, this one company sent these recovery drinks. So one thing I've been so obsessed with lately is like optimizing my water. So I love sipping on like, I think element is what got me really into it. I'm, I've been loving element for a while. I actually ran out of those packets. I really want to get to work with them, but I've been loving their packets and it got me just like on my, you know, powders in my water grind. So when I saw these coast recovery powders come, I was like, oh, I have to try this because it also has like the NAD plus and like glutathione, whatever that's called, and antioxidants and vitamins. Like it's more than just electrolytes. There's amino acids in there and just a lot of things that are great for muscle recovery and muscle building. So I was like, okay, let's try this. And it actually tasted so good, guys. There's a fruit punch plate flavor and I forget what the other flavor is, like a my usual one that I love, like a lemon lime or something. And they're so subtle and not too sweet. 
And I love putting these powders, if you're watching on YouTube, in a water bottle like this. It's my Love Island water bottle because it just dilutes it. I hate things that are too sweet. So I like to put it in more than just a cup of water, both the Element and this Coast. And just has such a nice, light, subtle, refreshing taste without feeling too sugary. And it just feels really good. And it just makes my water more enjoyable post-workout. So I've been like addicted to these coast recovery powders. So I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, I'm loving this. Do you have a promo code I could give to my like community? And they gave me one. So you guys can get, I believe it's 20% off. Let me confirm that actually. Okay. I can't find how much percentage you get off, but I know the code is Jen Lauren on coastdrink.com. So I will plug in the details in the show notes, but I'm loving the Coast powder. So really, anytime I have a product to share with you before the intro, I'm going to go see if I can get a code for you guys. So that is the product recommendation of the week. And let's get into this week's episode. So we have Taylor Elise Morrison on the podcast. She is a founder, facilitator, coach, and serial entrepreneur, making well-being and personal development more accessible. Through her company and her workout and her book of the same name that comes out tomorrow, Taylor supports people's journey to know, care for, and become their full selves. So Inner Workout is her company, and they offer a practical, practical and accessible approach to self-care that meets you where you are at. And this is not just mumbo-jumbo. You're going to hear all of it on the podcast. It's why I was so excited to have Taylor on. She gives you tangible exercises. This is why I love doing this podcast because I could talk about self-care all day long, but if unless I'm bringing on the experts and diving deep into how we can actually achieve it and just like get to the root cause of any pain or discomfort that we have, what's the freaking point? And what I love about Taylor is what we'll dive into is she came up with, I think she came up with, but she talks about five dimensions of your well-being. And I did her like take care assessment that she has. I can link that below as well. And it tells you kind of what areas of your life you're like strongest in and which areas you might need to like realign with. And we'll dive into that in this episode. But I just love that from there. And in her book that comes out tomorrow. So go buy it, guys. I'll link it down below. I'm so excited because I got a little sneak peek on it. Both the, the take care assessment and the book that I was like diving through, they gave me a little copy beforehand. It's all tangible exercises. So if you are feeling disconnected in a certain area of your well-being, she has an exercise for that. So it's not just like identifying the root cause and identifying what in your life is feeling disconnected or not great. It's then, okay, so what do I do? You know, like, like we all know, like, okay, I'm not feeling healthy. My stomach hurts, like whatever it is, or like, I'm not working out. And I know that, but like, what can I do other than just saying, okay, I'm going to work out every day this week and end up failing. What can I actually do? What are some exercises I can do? In her book, she has like reflections, questions to ask yourself. It's just amazing. So this is a juicy episode filled with tangible takeaways, and I'm so excited for you to listen. So let's dive in. podcast. I'm so, so excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat too. Of course. I think something that really struck me when I was like looking into all that you're about and your bio and everything was that the first line in your book was something like, this is not an aspirational wellness book. 
And I know a huge part of your message is that, and my message is sometimes self-care is glamorized, I feel like. And it's kind of, I'm curious if you run into the same thing. It should be glamorized, but sometimes it just feels like a buzzword and like a trend rather than what it really is, which is the inner work and the work from the inside out and just truly taking care of yourself. I think sometimes we get lost in like the trend and the messaging of it all. And sometimes I personally just with having self-care in my podcast name, I'm like, I hope people don't think I'm just being like cheesy. And like we talk about face masks and like all this surface level stuff because I feel like honestly – self-care starts from within and it's not always so pretty. Yeah, you are definitely speaking my language. I find, and I talk about this a little bit in the book, I find that when I say, oh yeah, I run a self-care company, self-care has come to be used in so many ways and to mean so many things that it's like, okay, wait, let me explain what I mean by that, what I mean by a self-care company. And I loved how you talked about this idea of like self-care starting within, because the definition that I use and my company Inner Workout uses, and then my book also Inner Workout uses, is listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. And when I started thinking about self-care less as like this checklist, check, 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 did I do all of these things that I'm supposed to do for self-care and shifted into thinking about, did I hear from myself and did I honor what I heard from that with love, without obligation? That just really changed the game for me. So it also sounds like your definition is kind of what the definition of self-love is right now. And Mm. I mean, of course they go hand in hand, but I don't know about you. And I'm curious if this is why you don't, you know, use that term instead of self-care. The term self-love is another one of those things that's just been so overused and so confusing that I feel like it's almost lost, not its power because it's so powerful, but sometimes I just feel like when these words become so buzzy, it almost loses the meaning. Yeah. I joke around sometimes that I chose this career where a lot of times I feel like I'm defining terms, either a term isn't defined, or it's like, it has a lot of things. I also am a coach and like talking about what coaching actually is versus what the online coaching industry says it is. So I'm like, I I don't know why I keep choosing things like that, but it just keeps happening to me. And yeah, I think there's, I think you can't truly practice self-care without an element of self-love because then the care is not there. You're just doing something. Oftentimes because we saw someone else doing it on TikTok or Instagram, or we read an article about what successful people do, and there isn't a lot of care actually happening. It becomes a lot of obligation. So yeah, I feel like if there was a Venn diagram, it'd be pretty close to being a circle between self-love and self-care. But I, I guess for me, and I'm feeling into this now, so sometimes I say stuff and then I'm like, We'll see in a second if I agree with what I'm about to say, (laughs) but what's coming to mind for me right now is that like self-care is the action. It's kind of the love in action and the self-love has to be present in order for that action to happen. I think I totally well, and, and just to take it a step further, how I think of it again, I'm also just like riffing here is you kind of need the self-love 
to be a motivator for self-care. So just like to give you a little background, and I'm curious why you are so passionate about self-care. My whole life have had, whether it's family members, just anyone close to me, I seem to attract people that struggle mentally. And I seem to always have, you know, dealt with that feeling of wanting to shake someone. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people can relate to that. And it's just like, just take care of yourself. Just do this. Just do that. And of course, you know, over the years being educated myself and whatnot, I understand that it's not that easy. But when I think about those people in my life that just like as I was younger and growing up, I wanted so desperately for them to take care of themselves and didn't know why they wouldn't. It's because I loved them so much and maybe they didn't have that self-love piece of it to motivate them to want to take care of themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I love that word motivator because a lot of times, and you were saying this at the beginning, self-care is kind of glamorized, but there are plenty of things that we do for our self-care that don't necessarily feel good in the moment. And when you're talking about self-love as a motivator, in those moments where it doesn't necessarily feel good for you to do that act of self-care right now, the love gets you you through and can think yes. about like, okay, my future self needs this. But if you don't have it, then yeah, it's super hard. So then how would you recommend, and I'm curious if your your assessment has anything to do with this because I, I want to get into that because I took it before this. Oh, but yay. How would you suggest that and if like self-love is the motivator to performing the action of self-care what would be your advice to someone who doesn't feel that motivator and doesn't feel that self-love like what is you know it's such a grand I think that's a part of the problem of of it being so glamorized it's like if you don't feel it if you don't feel the self-love you kind of just feel even worse about yourself for not feeling it the more it's spoken about because you're like okay how the hell do I even achieve that so if someone's feeling like how do I even achieve that like how do I even look in the mirror and like love myself what is sort of the first step to that yeah so i feel like i want to tackle this from a couple different angles so on one hand there's this idea of body neutrality, which I think relating to ourselves is so much more than our physical body, but I think body neutrality can be a nice way to like enter into this conversation. So I don't know what your TikTok algorithm looks like. And honestly, I'm not on TikTok that much anymore because it's too overwhelming for my brain. But when I was on TikTok a lot, I was seeing all of these body positivity things, which can be great. It is like so good to feel good in your body. And also, like you just mentioned, then sometimes when we don't feel that positivity, when we don't feel those feelings of love, then we feel bad about ourselves. And it's almost doubly bad because one, we all need love and care. And when we have the lack of it, we're suffering. And then two, we're kind of kicking ourselves while our, while we're down. So we don't feel cared for. And we're like, you're bad because you don't feel love and care for yourself right now. So body neutrality is a concept that basically says it doesn't always have to feel so lovey-dovey with your body. And I would expand that. It doesn't always have to feel lovey-dovey for your relationship between you and your whole being. But when you have that neutrality, you focus on the fact that you are here and you come from a place of respect 
at the minimum, even if you can't generate that kindness, that love, that being able to say a bunch of affirmations to yourself in the mirror and mean it. So I just offer that up to people who are feeling like the bar is that you are supposed to be obsessed with yourself and, and feel like you're in love with yourself all the time. That doesn't have to be the bar. The bar can be, I respect myself, even if I don't always feel the love. So that's like one angle to tackle it from. And then the other thing is going back to that definition of listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. For a lot of people, they struggle with the listening. If you think about anyone that you love or are in relationship with, it is made stronger when you listen to each other, when you know each other, when you get to know like these quirks or you're like shopping and you're like, this person would love if I picked this up for them. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We need to cultivate that with ourselves. And before the love can happen, sometimes it's just, I need space to get to know myself, to hear from myself. So that was long. I'm going to pause here. But those were what came to mind. No, that was perfect. And and what triggered in me was this thought of like, I think we've all been, whether it's just one circumstance or it's a personality trait or whatever it might be, we've all kind of felt that feeling of almost fearing tuning in like Mm -hmm. I love to be in tune with myself but then there are times of higher stress that it just feels easier to keep yourself busy and I know there are people that you know live like that every single day as well where it's like you know sometimes I don't you don't even want to go in the shower without putting on a podcast or something because you just don't feel like stripping those layers and actually hearing your inner voice so I guess my question there is just what would you say to someone who feels that way, like feels that fear of truly listening. Yeah. First of all, that's real. Like we live in a world where there is so much distraction, so much vying for our attention that our our brains are not designed to have all of this information coming at us. And Honestly, we've got like really, really smart people who have designed apps and experiences and notifications to give us like these quick hits of satisfaction. And sometimes, oftentimes, really, being in touch with ourselves, taking that moment to listen within isn't going to give us that quick hit of dopamine but it's going to be so rich for us when we do it. And so for folks who are struggling, one, I just always like to to remind people, like I said, it's not just a you problem. It's a problem that has been designed by people who have billions of dollars to invest in it. And then two, I would say to, to kind of microdose listening within. So instead of being like, I need to start meditating for an hour a day, or I need to do morning pages and do three pages of morning pages. What if you just like wrote down three observations that you had? 
Or what if you just spent like one minute in silence? Or what if you were in the shower and you didn't have a podcast while you washed your hair, but you did put it on once you washed your body? Like there's so many ways to microdose giving yourself space to hear from yourself. I love that. And I'm curious, as I mentioned before, about how the assessment plays a role here because I just took it. It was like a bunch of questions. It was super Mm -hmm. easy. It was almost a little way of checking in with myself. Like I found it super interesting how it made me think about my relationship to my body and, and my energy. And it dives into the five dimensions of well-being, I believe. And I'm, I would love if you could walk us through those five dimensions. And it was interesting. Basically what happened in the end was it was like, you have a really strong sense of like awareness with your body, but you could work on your, like on the energy dimension or something like that. And you gave a little worksheet or exercise for each of those dimensions, which I found so interesting. How did you come up with these five dimensions and what are they for anyone listening who is unfamiliar? Yeah. So I can't take full credit. I, these dimensions are inspired by this yogic concept of the koshas. And I like to say they're inspired by, because if you actually like know the koshas, the way that I interpret and look at them isn't exactly the same as the yogic text. So there's five dimensions. And the first piece of that, that kind of blew my mind when I was first introduced to this concept is I realized that, and I mentioned this before, when I was talking about self-care in the past, it was all about my relationship to my body, a little bit about my relationship to like my mind and my mental health. But there are other parts of me that I wasn't looking at. So that shift already was like, oh, that's why I can do something and not feel cared for all the time because I'm just caring for my body. But like, if something emotional is happening, maybe me getting my brows done isn't going to get to the root of the emotional issue. So the five dimensions, the physical dimension, which is looking at the conversation that you and your body are having, the energetic dimension, which looks at your breath, as well as your relationship to energy in different parts of your life. There's the mental and emotional dimension, which looks at what comes into your brain, what flows out of your brain in the forms of thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And that's underscored by sleep because sleep, like, yes, changes how you feel physically, but also changes how you're able to process your thoughts and emotions. There's the wisdom dimension, which is all about you hearing from your inner wisdom, being really focused on the present moment and taking aligned action. And then there's the bliss dimension, which is about connection, connection to you, connection to your community, connection to something bigger than you. So there's five dimensions. I briefly touched on kind of the sub dimensions. And then the take care assessment is, I love that you called it a check-in because that's exactly what I designed it to be. I actually built it at the beginning of the pandemic when I was like, people need something to help check in, let's build an assessment. So 75 questions. And then you get, like you mentioned, you get a PDF report that breaks down where you're at with each of the dimensions and sub dimensions. And then you always get three personalized practices. And then my book really expands on that by having like a bunch more practices and reflections and prompts for all of the dimensions and sub dimensions. What I loved about it and love about it is 
I feel like similar to what we were chatting about before is like this idea of self-care, this idea of self-love. It just feels so daunting and unachievable and unattainable. It's like if you feel like you don't have self-love, for example, as we were saying before, you're kind of just like, excuse my language, just like, okay, well, fuck me then. I'll just like, and you feel like shit and like, that's it. And, and with this, it's kind of like we mentioned a check-in, but then it gives you tangible takeaways and micro things to work on the bigger picture. So it's giving you like, okay, you're doing really great at this. You have a great connection to self in this way. You can strengthen this and here's how. And it's like giving you tangible little exercises to work on that. And I think even if it's something that you're already, you know, maybe on that scale, like more connected to in a a specific dimension and you kept doing that exercise, I feel like no matter which exercise, no matter what dimension you're trying to connect to most, the end result is going to make you feel at least 1% better. So I love that it's giving you tangible takeaways, but also like more personalized as well, because there's not just like one meditation, one you know, exercise that works for every single person. We're all different. We all have different strengths and weaknesses and also different interests and passions. And some people are more visual. Some people are more like introverted. Some are more extroverted. So I just love the, how accessible it makes it to everyone to just feel better in a 1% at least of a way. Yeah. That is music to my ears because There is a lot, at least in my experience, of the wellness industry that can feel inaccessible either because of cost or either because you're not seeing a piece of your identity reflected. And so I really try to build things that are practical, that are accessible, that are intersectional. And the last piece that I realized I didn't add is like, I try to take this, I'm actually due right now or in the next couple of weeks, but I try to take this like once every three to six months because all of these are going to ebb and flow. And that's part of the experience too. Sometimes we think we, we build our self-care routine once and then we're done. We're like perfect at self-care as long as we can keep doing this. But no, like we're humans. We're part of nature. Of course, something might work better for us in summer than it does in winter or work better for us when we have a full-time job and we're in school versus when we are only focused on our full-time job. So just wanted to add that piece into you. Absolutely. And I love that because I saw recently somewhere someone was like, I've been doing self-care for three months. Like when's the end goal? Like when does the (laughs) result come? When does it end? And it was just like a funny meme playing on the fact that like, we're always evolving. There's always going to be new things to work on and to feel better with. Like I find it fun. And I think once you find the the activities in self-care that you enjoy and that push you and make you grow and you find the growth and then find more places to grow. It's a fun challenge of life. So I think that was kind of an important call out because the work never really ends, but it evolves and you grow. And that's kind of the fun part of life, in my opinion. Like once you get through that first step of growth or that first feeling of like, oh, I feel better from this thing I've been doing it gets more fun to just keep pushing it and keep going and keep going. Similar to what you were saying, how like everything's kind of big picture and whatnot and and not as tangible. I always want to make sure like with every podcast episode that I am providing something that's more tangible and not just so either woo woo or so just out there and like you kind of walk away like, okay, that sounds great, but how? So Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, 
if for one or two of like your favorite exercises from your book or or of a dimension that you personally love to work with? Because I know there's like a bunch of exercises for each dimension. Yeah. Oh, this is so hard. I feel like this is trying to pick a favorite child. Um, you can give a few. Yeah, I think, and I don't even know if this one is in the book specifically, but this is like generally my go-to just to recommend to people. We have to breathe anyway. So anytime that you can do something like breath work, breath regulation, it's nice because you can do it anywhere. I've been working a lot with extended exhales and box breathing lately. Those have just helped me like launching a book. Surprise, surprise. It's kind of stressful. And so when those spike up, I'm like, oh, let me work with my breath for a little bit. Um, another thing that I am getting better at, it's actually, this might be one of my favorites frameworks that I built specifically for the book is called the desire matrix. And it looks at our ability to communicate to others and to set boundaries by getting clear on what we want or what we need or we desire in a situation. And so this is something that I'm realizing I really struggle to say, I would like this or I need this. And sometimes it's because I'm not comfortable giving that to myself. Sometimes it's because I'm afraid of asking too much for others. So this is probably going to be ongoing work for me for the next several years. But that framework in in itself, I've seen it be helpful for other people. And it's something that I'm constantly challenged to grow more in. And then like another, I'm trying to think of another really simple and practical one. This is something that I haven't done recently, but every time I do it, it's useful, is rating after I do a task, if it energized me or if it drained me and starting to get data that way, because we get so used to whether it is self-care activities or things with work or hanging out with people we get in a, I can speak from the eye, I get in a stride. These are the people I hang out with. These are the tasks I have to do. And just to check in and be like, do I actually like doing this? Do I actually enjoy being with these people? Do I actually like this way that I'm working on this task and doing that check-in and you can start to see over time, like, oh, this is consistently draining me. Maybe there's something that either I don't need to be in this situation or there's a different way I need to approach it. So that's like another easy, easy peasy one. I love that. I haven't done that in a while either. I think it's so important just like to take stock and take inventory. In my past, when I felt like, oh my God, there's too many random people in my life that I feel obligated to hang out with and uh, like toxic work environments and things like that, I've sat down and, and sort of done the same inventory with who is draining my energy and who is giving me energy when I leave them. And that really helped me just like sort of make sure that I'm spending my time with people who make me feel like my best self and not Mm. to feel so obligated to people please and show up for people and to set my boundaries. And that really helped me a while ago. And you're sort of like pushing me as a reminder to do that just in life with my activities, with my daily tasks, with work, to really just take stock. I think it's, again, going back to just checking in with yourself because this larger picture sounds great, like self-care, yay, but I love that we're diving into 
tangible activities, tangible check-ins, tangible exercises. Yeah. It's like, we got to break it down because it either gets overwhelming and we don't start or we're like, I have to do everything. And so you try and change everything at once and then you burn out on self-care because it's hard to do a bunch of new habits at once. Yes. I feel like anytime someone is just starting a fitness or wellness journey, they immediately want to change their life and be exactly like this person they're following on social media. And it takes a freaking toll. And I get it. I've been there where you want to make this whole lifestyle change and you don't want to do it how everyone says to do it, like gradually one thing at a time. But it's kind of the only way to do it. But sometimes you just need to go all in and figure it out for yourself. And then you're like, okay, let's take a step back. What felt good? What didn't feel good, et cetera. And speaking of like these larger ideas that we need to break down, I've seen over the last year or so it coming up more like ADHD is my superpower. I feel like that's a common phrase and I know you use it too. If someone's listening and has ADHD and they're like, okay, again, sounds great, but how, I would love for you to just speak on briefly, like, how is ADHD your superpower? Yeah, man, I feel like I am still learning so much about it. I got diagnosed probably seven months ago now, and I'm 30 for context. So I went like my whole life, my whole school journey without knowing that I had ADHD. And now- hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm in this place where I'm like, oh, that's why I do that. Or like, oh, not everyone does the same thing. Like as what? Me. What are some things? Um, I also, so I married my high school sweetheart. So he's known me forever and we'll laugh because we'll be like, oh, so my type of ADHD is t- technically um, inattentive, which means that it's hard for me to focus, which is funny because again, like mindfulness practitioner, know about meditation, all of these things. It's a struggle for me. Um, But I also do some hyperactive things. So like in conversation, this happened the other day, my friend was over and we were sitting on our couch chatting. And then all of a sudden, like my leg is up in the air and I I was just laughing. I was like, oh, that, that is my ADHD. I used to do that all the time. And I thought it was because I used to be a dancer. And so I just like to move and whatever, but it's like, no, my body physically has energy that like it needs to get rid of. Um, other things that I didn't realize, I lose stuff like a lot, a lot. Um, I used to, we live in Chicago. We have street parking around our condo. And I used to just like lose our car because if I didn't take a second to be like, I parked here, right. I would legitimately forget. So now I have to text my husband when I park and be like, okay, we're parked here because I will legit forget. Um, in terms of how ADHD is my superpower, I think it allows me, here's an example. I think hyper-focus has helped me a lot because I just like get obsessed with something and then I get something done. 
So this literally happened to me last night. I didn't think I was going to have to take photos for the book. I thought they were going to be provided to me externally. I'd already done like a whole cute author photo shoot, but now I I realize I find out like 5 p.m. Friday my time, you have to take these photos if you want cute photos. And if you know me, like, of course I want cute photos of my book. So, and it's a crazy time. The book is coming out soon. I'm traveling next week. I was traveling this past week. It's, it's a lot going on. So I freaked out, called one of my best friends, cried a little bit, then strategized with her. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm going to text this person. My friend who's a photographer, can she take photos? She said, yes, she could do it on Monday. Within hours, I had booked a place to shoot, had like planned out the visuals of what the shoot was, built a packing list, ordered some stuff that I didn't have, built a shot list of like all the shots that I wanted to get in a matter of hours because I was so hyper-focused on it. And like, now I know that that is not normal behavior. (laughs) Good for you. See, it literally is a superpower. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I'm just like, oh, that would have taken other people days, but like the, the combination of the urgency that my ADHD brain really likes. And then once I got into the task at a certain point, I was just like obsessed with getting it done. And yeah, that that's helped me so much in business. One of my friends, um, I had to do a 360 assessment for something. And so I had to ask people to give different feedback. And one of my friends said that one of my gift is GSD or get getting shit done. Like I just lock in and like obsessively get something done. I mean, it makes sense that you're so entrepreneurial. Have you always worked for yourself? Um, not always. I started my, well, I started my first like real business, my second semester of senior year of college. But when I graduated, I had a full-time job. So I, when I was working full-time, I always had some type of side hustle, whether it was like a company or working with different clients. Um, and my husband, he never, he, he says, he doesn't remember me saying this, but I remember being in college and being like, babe, if I'm 30 and I'm still working for someone else, you need to have me quit my job. Like I can't do that. And I quit my job when I was 27 or 28. That's amazing. And by the way, I've also been with my boyfriend since high school. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's a special relationship. I feel like I always relate to people who have experienced it. Yeah. It's like a statistical anomaly. It's not normal, Um, but it's so cool. I love it. It, It's like you grow together and also – and individually and like you've you've grown together but also as individuals and I always joke with my friends and like when people are like oh how have you been in the same relationship for so long I'm always like I haven't I've been in like six relationships there's been like high school Jen and Ethan then college Jen and Ethan then out of college then living together like there's all these different you're you have grown up together and become different versions of each other and of as a couple. And so I just always say, it's like, I haven't been with the same person or in the same relationship for 11 years. It's, it's, it evolves. It's so cool. Yeah. I, I talk about how, like, we just got really lucky that we grew on our own, but we also grew together. And just some folks are, are the folks who happen to grow together as we're changing. Because like, if you knew me in high school, I'm a completely different person from there, but I just happened to evolve into someone that was still compatible to the person that my now husband evolved into. Totally. 
completely agree. And it's, it's just interesting. I also find that the people I speak to and, and find that have also been in a relationship like this are very independent and I feel like you would expect them to be the opposite. Like people would expect us to be clingy and all the things. But I think you kind of learned because you had to allow someone else to grow up and become an individual and still support them through that. You kind of like learn to be more independent along the way. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And we also we were long distance. So we went to different colleges. We both studied abroad and different countries. So we've, what was it? I think we've been the long distance on like four continents, something like that. (laughs) So like we really were independent and I think it does surprise people. You're like, we're okay being separate. (laughs) Yes. And we're also both introverts. So we're like, we like our space together, but we also are like, you can be in the office and I can be in here and we'll do just separate things and then we'll come back together. That was our non-negotiable when we moved in together. No studio. I need a door. I need to be able to go in the bedroom or the living room and be away from you and watch my own show and have my own alone time. Yes. (laughs) Make each other very wise. Um, Okay. Let's get into the ending segment, fun facts and favorites. So what is your top, top self-care tip right now? Your favorite self-care activity? My top self-care tip, I think I have to go back to the breathing. It's like, y'all, it's so easy and it's free and you have to do it anyway. Like, I just feel like I'm preaching the gospel of breathing effectively to people. (laughs) That's my number one tip always. Also, I love Kundalini. I love Wim Hof breath work, like anything related to your breath. I love because I'm someone who needs like some evidence and the physical shift that I feel directly during and after breath work it's like this shit works it's just so nuts how you can calm your whole system down with just some breaths amen to that (laughs) what's your favorite book man can I choose one book I guess a book that there's so many good books just a book recommendation to anyone right now I think that the book that I find myself returning to and thinking about the most over the past season of my life is essentialism and just coming back to like, what is actually essential? Where can I get rid of everything that is superfluous, everything that's obligation? And it's a really quick and easy read too, but like just coming back, the tagline of that book is the disciplined pursuit of less and Ooh, even just that is like chills. Yeah. How can I do less and enjoy my life more? Oh, I love that. I, that's going on my list. Okay. What's your favorite way to move? Right now. Okay. So my naturally favorite way to move lately has been cardio kickboxing. It's like fun. I feel really strong afterwards. What I'm leaning into doing more is Pilates. Um, I mentioned like I grew up I doing dance and ballet and it feels very familiar, but Pilates sometimes like is hard for me and I don't always like to seek out a challenge. So I'm enjoying doing it, but normally afterwards during it, I'm like, why did you do this Taylor? <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> um, wellness product you can't live without right now. Maybe is it? Okay. I think it would probably be my weighted blanket. I love a weighted blanket. 
Have it's my bear. It's therapy. It's cute. It's aesthetic. And it helps me when I'm feeling anxious. Interesting. I've yet to try that, but it makes sense. Cause I feel like I always want, like, I love to cuddle. I always want like someone right here on my chest. So I've actually thought about a way to blanket a lot and just never done it. Never yeah. It feels like a hug, like a full body hug. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, before we take off, can you tell everyone about your book, where we can get it, where everyone can find you? Yeah. So the book, you if you go to our website, innerworkout.co, there's a button right on the homepage for you to get the book. You can also just search literally anywhere you buy books for Inner Workout and you'll be able to find it. Um, if you want to find me, I am on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison, Inner Workouts on Instagram at Inner Workout. I wouldn't say we're like super active on either of those, um, but Inner Workout also has a really great newsletter called self-care Sunday that comes out every Sunday and links to our podcast in a warm-up. So those are all the things. Love it. Well, thank you so much. I loved this conversation. Thank you. This was such a treat. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode. Please, please, please leave a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you just can't get enough of this podcast, go subscribe over on YouTube. You can see the full-length video episodes and shorter clips as well. You can find TikTok clips over at Jen Lauren with two N's. You can find Instagram Reels if that's your jam over on Instagram at Jen underscore Lauren with two N's and even Dare to Self Care Pod on Instagram. So you never have to go a day without Dare to Self Care. <laughs>